Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard ranked ladder. I am your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Dragon Rider and Major Death. So let's go into last week's poll question. Mage, what did we have last week? We had an excellent turnout with our poll question. We asked you, have you ever turn one conceded when matched against a priest? That's definitely been a hot topic uh, in the community. Uh, there was It was great. There was actually uh, some talk about that on Vicious Syndicate that they're seeing in the data that they're collecting uh, this phenomenon. We had 73 votes uh, for this poll question. And 50.7% of the people that responded said, yes, they have turn one conceded against a priest. 49.3 said no. Ah, oh, I, I actually think that number was bigger than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going, there was going to be less, but I think it does sort of speak to everything that's being talked about right now. And, and, and how frustrated some people are playing against Priest that that we would get that high a uh, a higher response number on that. But so where very, do I very interesting? Where do I vote if I've had that happen to me as the priest? <laughs> <laughs> You've been the beneficiary of said. I have. Yeah, I've gotten. I even in Legend, I've I got a turn one concede today. I'm like checking my mulligan and concede like. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry. Like I just like control decks. I'm sorry. Okay. So yes. we'll have another question at the end of this week's show. Um, so let's move on to the news this week. So we're recording. So everyone knows and doesn't think we're not talking about it. We are recording on 629. So we don't know what the new expansion is going to be. We're two days behind the reveal trailer. And that's our first news item. Blizzard teases Thursday expansion announcement with tweet and blog post. It's going to be an Alliance-focused expansion, along with Battlegrounds information will be revealed Thursday morning at 9.30 PDT, so Pacific Time. Tweet has a GIF with lots of Stormwind Knights in front of a blue and gold background, as well as the Alliance flag. From the post, from the blog post, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you were confused as to what it could be, the last expansion was Horde. There are two two major factions, playable factions in Warcraft: Horde and what was the other one? There was Horde, <laughs> Horde. Oh yeah, Alliance. Yes, the Alliance. Yes. So, so the third, the third expansion is going to be the interesting one to see what they do with that. But we pretty much knew once we got Forge in the Barrens and you saw the blue circle on the map that it was going to be an Alliance themed. So I'm still pulling yeah. for my, uh, my prediction was it was a Stormwind the uh, themed expansion, which uh, it's looking like it may come up alkaline <laughs> on that, but who knows? 
Anyways, that's not exactly a bold prediction either if you know it's about uh, uh, the Alliance. So, from the blog post, join us on January 1st at 9.30 PT on either Twitch or YouTube for the reveal of Hearthstone's next expansion. Lead designer Alec Dawson will kick things off with an overview of what can be expected from Phase 2 of Year of the Griffin. From there, game designers Liv Breeden and John McIntyre will dive into what's new in the upcoming set. We also have some news to share from Battlegrounds. We've got plenty to talk about it. You won't want to miss it. Um, and there's lots, of, lots, lots here. I, I'm very. There's been a lot of speculation on what that Battlegrounds announcement is. Uh, it's uh, could be. Maybe it's leaving beta. Maybe maybe there's going to be some sort of uh, new tribe added because they added quill bores for Forged in the Barrens. They might do something similar uh, for Battlegrounds there. But yeah, we're gonna get the expansion and we're gonna get like other talk about about what's coming over the next few months as well. So I, I like that they're giving us all the all this information kind of at once. It's it's really nice. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a hype stream. So, on a sadder note, which makes sense though, Hearthstone Mercenaries will release. Uh, it will be delayed until Phase Two. No information about the new game mode will be revealed on Thursday. Instead, Blizzard will be hosting a dedicated Hearthstone Mercenary stream in the fall. From the blog post, separately, we know you're eager to learn more about Hearthstone Mercenaries. While we're very excited with how things are coming together, we need more time to implement all the awesome content we plan for the mode. As such, we're now expecting Hearthstone Mercenaries to be released in Phase 2 of Year of the Griffin and won't be quite ready to share details on the mo uh, mode during the stream on July 1st. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Bit. I'm so sad about that. Like, I'm so excited for Mercenaries, but I understand. And, I, like, I'd rather them say now rather than, like, when it's actually kind of the end of phase one. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we're not doing it. So I'd, I'd rather them say something now and the fact that they are trying to make sure that it's all good before they put it out. Because... I also like that. Like, I'd rather them do, you know, spend a little more time and make it better than put it out and then people be unhappy and not like it and not want to play it. So, yes, it is sad, but I I am glad. Plus, that means there's going to be more cool announcement and, like, big streams, which we already know that there's no BlizzCon this year. So instead, we're going to get a bunch of, like, mini Hearthstone-type events, which... That's kind of cool on its own, I guess. Yeah, it's something to keep looking forward to as the as the year go, uh, goes on. Yeah, I think uh, Activision Blizzard kind of learned their lesson from Warcraft Three Forged and <laughs> Reforged, and um, they might be definitely just waiting to release things. I know Team Five wasn't a part of that, but it is something they learned as a company as a whole. So. Hopefully they're just uh, they they'd rather make us wait another couple months to have the perfect product, you know, 
maybe not even perfect, but just like a much more polished product at launch. So we have much higher um, first impressions. So I'm I'm battleground battlegrounds felt so good. Yes. When, when that just that initial version of it. And, and I think I think going forward, I think they would want to aim for that level of polish uh, when when they're putting something out that typically is Blizzard's way, whether it be Hearthstone or any other other IPs. So it's it's it makes sense. It's unfortunate. They, the thing I'm most concerned with is, please, God, client be able to handle adding this new game mode because it feels like such a departure from from what we're currently used to doing in the client that I, I'm a little concerned that it's like oh my gosh the uh, the can the client actually handle handle all this? I I really hope so. So and you know you know for a fact that they're not going to put it out if it's going to crash the client. Right, yeah, right. It's, a- it's it's yeah. It's definitely not. And and so like if that's part of the reason this is being delayed, heck, I am all for them waiting until until they get it get it get it to a point where everything is working, you know, as they would expect it to. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say I will give Team Five credit that they are definitely. It does not feel like they ever really try and jam a square peg into a round hole. Like sometimes they're like, oh. Let's try and see if it fits. Okay, it doesn't fit. Let's go. Let's go do something else with this. You know. So it's like, I I give them the world of credit. So it, very very excited to see what this mode has in store. So, all right, Blizzard reveals a Mount Rushmore of standard uh, via a tweet. According to the tweet, the top four cards in standard that appear in the image include. Ringling's Rifle, Demon Companion, Adorable adorable Infestation, and Warsong Wrangler. Hmm. What do all these, <laughs> these cards these have are, in common? Yeah, these are all Hunter cards, and they're all pretty prominent cards in, in, in Face Hunter, which is the most popular deck, uh, Hunter deck in Standard right now. And it it, like w- there wasn't a lot of information as- with this. It was just kind of this is these are the top four cards in standard, and it and it showed this picture, and it had switched out the Mount Rushmore heads for these four cards, and it's like so really, there's tons of people playing playing Hunter apparently. <laughs> apparently, I would. Uh, that sounds that sounds very accurate from my experiences. So. The image is very cool, though, so it is a uh, is a very fun image. Um, but also, to be fair, Spell Druid is playing Adorable Infestation too. I was gonna say uh, we know Demon Companion's also a Demon Hunter card, but Demon Hunter isn't really playing that right now because Death Hunter, Demon Hunter, <laughs> Death Rattle, Demon Hunter. So, yeah. yeah. Yes, well, infestation. Maker. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Okay, so we have Battle.net Summer Sale offers WoW card back and a reduced price. Hat tip to Ben Hearthstone. So thank you um, 
for giving us the the wild back or the wild card back. It's like, I mean, that was an exclusive. Well, you had to order something, right? Was that the thirtieth? They were part of pre-orders for uh, different WoW expansions. Yeah, for Azeroth yep. and Warlords of Draenor. So you had to buy at least the digital bundles, and so that you could get a uh, Hearthstone card back. And so they're on sale right now. Which is nice because, like, I don't play WoW. Like, I don't play WoW anymore. So, like, I wasn't going to spend, like, 50 bucks to get a, a WoW card back so or a Hearthstone card back. So, it's cool that they um, are selling that aesthetic now after some time. So, the, so it was the Battle for Azeroth and Warlords of Draenor digital bundle are 10 bucks a piece. And it's down from twenty, so yeah. it's their half price, which is very nice. And Blizzard thirty-year celebration bundles are fifteen percent off their regular price. All bundles include Madness at the Dark Moon Fair packs. The Heroic Pack includes random Dark Moon Legendary and Epic bundles. Include five Golden Dark Moon packs. So, yeah. So if you if you were in need of some uh, madness of the dark moon fair packs, uh, they're a little on the older side, but you you could still get them. They're a little bit cheaper. You get a bunch of other goodies for across all the all the Blizzard games. It's always nice when they throw in some other stuff and some guaranteed legendaries. Like that definitely makes like that always makes these bundles so much more appealing. Is that the fact that, like, if I know I'm getting a legendary with it, too, like, it's a little bit easier to justify a cost of uh, buying something like that. So, pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, Hearthstone Top Decks reviews how to get all the alternative hero portraits, if possible. So, currently, there are 85 hero portraits in the game, 58 or is that, excuse me, 56 uh, which of which are obtainable right now. List is broken down by class and shows what the portrait looks like. So if you're missing a few hero portraits and there's some some you want to try and figure out, you know, how to get, this is a complete guide. This is really cool. Out of Cards always has, uh, um, I mean, excuse me, Hearthstone Top Decks uh, always has good stuff too. Um and like it's, it's that's a cool fan service like that's a definitely a cool guide like i mean it doesn't add anything to the game but if like right. it shows you the, all the hero portraits that are available right now and what they're what they're going for so i was actually surprised uh you know i've been thinking thinking about how long i've been playing this game i remember when there was basically just the original 9 and then the three that you could buy in the shop. And now we're up to 85 hero portraits. That is absolutely crazy. Yeah. That was my thought, yeah. too. I was like, there's no way that's there's that many. And then it's like, wait, maybe it is. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I was like, no, there's only like a couple for each. And it, there's not that many. But just hearing that number, I'm like, I'm going to say it. I'm a Hearthstone boomer. That's what it is. (laughs) I mean, so the easy way to think about it, too, is that, like, 
everyone got a thousand win portrait. So there's 10 right there. And then everyone got a tier two um, portrait. So that's another 10. So there's at least 20 right there. 30 plus the base one. So, you know, and then look at how many we've gotten in. um, If you've bought the battle pass, you've had access to like uh, a bunch. Like, I think we got like at least six to eight in this expansion alone. And it was pretty comparable last expansion too. So like these numbers add up quick. So, and then just all the pre-orders where you get always get a hero. So like it makes sense, but the, the rewards track has definitely added, um, a boatload of hero portraits to, to be in the stack of things. So regardless, this is pretty cool. And, um, very nice to have the uh, um, the uh, the different ways to play. I, we're, we're giggling because uh, Dragon Rider's feeling a little bit under the weather. She's having back pains, and I just look up, and she's recording on her laptop, and she has doggos licking her face. <laughs> uh, it's funny. So, well, that is it for the news this week. So. Let's go back to that Mount Rushmore post and look at these four <laughs> cards. We kind of thought we'd talk about top three uh, decks over the last week based on win rates, um, which are Shaman and Hunter. No Priest. <laughs> we talked about Priest last week. Um, so we wanted to just kind of, um, since we don't have... Uh, any reveals right now. We don't have anything to go on other than pure, pure speculation. So we thought we'd talk about, um, according to Vicious Syndicate, the, the the top three decks. So we thought we'd talk about Face Hunter first, especially because all four of those top four cards in Hearthstone Standard right now are in this deck. So it is uh, probably... Uh, probably a good thing for you to know either how to play if you wanted to push for legend if you're if you're at the end um 629 one more day left um and you want to go for a legend face hunter is probably a very good option for you to go um or if you're just playing hearthstone right now maybe knowing what's in a face hunter's deck and what they're trying to do is probably a good thing for you to know um and come up with a strategy to go back with. So, what do you guys uh, see? I'm I, as as I've said before, I am more of the controlly type. I have not really played Face Hunter in some time. So, like, can you guys kind of walk me through some of the the key cards and some of the intricacies of of the stack? And I can kind of give you some of my point of view as the priest player. Walking down the other side of that that Ringling's rifle, I can I can start if you'd like there, Dragon Rider. All right, so yes, Face Face Hunter ha, is is a very popular deck. It is a very strong deck. It is a great deck to get games done uh, very quickly, uh, even if you're playing against Priest. So so uh, as you're making your final push uh, as uh, to legend as uh, 
Daring Alkaline mentioned, uh, Elemental Shaman, Face Hunter, Death Row, Demon Hunter are like the top three decks uh, when you look at win rate from Diamond through Legend. So Face Hunter deck is actually pretty similar to the one that has been kind of popular for the last couple expansions. This is probably uh, the most expensive Face Hunter deck we've had because there is... There is three legendaries in the in the deck, most commonly, uh, though you do get one of them for for free. Man Crick is in there, so that that one uh, you should have. But Ringling's Rifle and Barakoto uh, Bane are the other two that are in the deck. But there's also a bunch of epic cards, and they're they're actually pretty important epic cards as well. The Kolkar Pack Runner is the two mana two three that gives you a one one rushing hyena uh, every time you cast a spell, um, and then Warsong Wrangler is a the four mana three four I think yes three four yep, that says yep. Battlecry discover a beast in your deck give all copies of it plus two plus one wherever they are and the 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 buff is why this is really important. You tend to want to play this card on curve. You tend to want the the, the face hunter deck actually typically only has two beasts, so you can put others in there. Uh, those two beasts are are actually the Wapletinger, which is the one mana one one that gives you a, a summons an additional uh, battle cry summon a copy of this. So you'd actually get one mana and two three twos if you were to buff this with the Warsong Wrangler, or more popularly, the five mana five five trampling rhino that has rush. And the reason this one is a really good card to buff is it says after this attacking kills a minion, excess damage hits the enemy hero. So if you buff it up with more attack, that extra attack gets uh goes directly to the face. And because it has rush, it, it it happens immediately the turn you play it. So um, you're really trying to get on the board early. You've got cards like Demon Companion. You've got the Wapple Tingers. You've got uh, Intrepid Initiants to get on the board. You you tend to try and stay on the board by using something like the Pack Runner and some spells uh, along with Mancrick. And basically, you're just trying to set up a good turn four play. And the, the best turn four play is probably going to be the Warsong Wrangler. Though Ringling Rifle is not a bad option necessarily, uh, just to kind of stall until you find the Warsong Wrangler. Um, typically, I, I'm trying to set it up uh, either by drawing or by using tracking to find that Warsong Wrangler to play it on curve on turn four. Um and then, and then you're just trying to find, uh, you know, depending on how you think you're going to need to uh, go. If you need to try and go wide, then you might buff the Wapletinger. But more often than not, I'm buffing the Rhino. And you get a copy of it immediately to your hand. It's buffed. And then you can push face damage immediately on turn five. It's it's a great follow-up play because the, the Warsong Wrangler is four and then, and then it has five. And the other interesting tech more recently is the true aim crescent weapon is included in this in in, in the in most versions of the list now. 
it is the one mana demon hunter hunter weapon that says after your hero attacks a minion your minions attack it too if you can set up a situation where you play the true aim crescent and can get your trampling rhino to attack a second minion in the turn you can put you can potentially push 10 to or you know almost you know eight or more damage uh in a in a turn because you because your rhino gets to attack twice and any excess damage goes face uh what what am i missing dragon rider what are what are some things that you've noticed about the deck i think you've played it uh played it some haven't you yeah, I've played it a bit. Um, not as much as I played Highlander Hunter. But the interesting thing about this deck, I think we talked about it. People are starting to run... Oh, no. What is it called? The little... <laughs> the little slime thing that buffs. <laughs> Why? Wriggling Horror? Thinking... Yeah. Yes, but... yeah. thank you. <laughs> I don't know why that was hard to come up with. Um, but yeah, people are running the Wriggling Horrors, and I think that's really just a testament to also what's going on in the meta, as well as it's a face deck, so people want to get that early damage in. Um, but I was not here last week for the discussion about Priest. Um, one big thing I think that's just going on in the meta overall is I feel like there's really not a lot of answers to things like we've had before part of that probably is because we're just we're still in that early phase of the cycle so there's less you know less cards in the pool and stuff but there's really not like some decks are running samuro and then priest with like condemn but there's really not a lot of board clears going on right now either so i think that's why some of the decks like face hunter can get away with running you know, minion buffs and board buffs like that. So that is something else that people are starting to play. Um, and I will say one thing that I found really interesting, you were talking about Rindling's Rifle. Um, the, the secret pool right now feels kind of awkward to me. Um, you know, I mentioned about how much I was playing Highlander Hunter before, and we also had like a full card pool there were tons of secrets um but right now the secrets are kind of odd and i it's a little bit easier to figure out what they are than i think it used to be um so if you're playing against a face hunter you can kind of kind of figure out what it, what it's going to be um i would say like freezing explosive and then maybe pack tactics are like the biggest three that people take right now but Along the same lines of the boards not getting cleared, if you're playing a space hunter, um, if you have built a board and you're getting a swing with Ringling's Rifle, you can actually throw a lot of people off if you take the, um, oh, what's the one that puts out the animal companion? Open, open <laughs> the cages. Open the cages. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So you can take the open the cages, um, and I've had a couple of face hunters do that against me. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's the thing. And I just, <laughs> I, I really, the decks that are in the meta right now just feels like there's not really a great way to clear the board. So people are getting away with that a little bit more. Um, so in terms of kind of different cards that people are playing, other than like the big ones that you already mentioned, I definitely say that wriggling horror and then just being a little bit 
tricky maybe with the secrets that they're getting off of the Renlin's rifle because those can be you know a win condition or even in matchup like uh death rattle demon hunter if you take a freezing trap that can just slow the demon hunter down enough where the face hunter can push just that little bit of damage to finish out the game so those are the things that i definitely uh thought about with the face hunter right now one one last thing that I would definitely, f- you you sometimes forget, but in the deck there's also piercing shot, which is the four mana kind of pseudo explosive runes. Uh, it does six six damage to a minion. Excess damage hits the enemy hero. You can cast that on your own minion, and it does face damage to your opponent. So th- the using something like the one one you get off the adorable infestation, and then you. Uh, piercing shot your own one one to be able to do basically a kill command is really uh it, if your opponent's playing around it they can't play around the fact that you played a one one and then did the piercing shot to get the five damage so that that's something that you can do as well that uh i don't think you necessarily think about as being an option available to you and then there's always i mean the bane of my existence quick shot like quick shot coming back is just uh yeah it's a very good card turns out when you're trying to um kill very fastly you can you know you run low and uh sometimes it's very easy to empty your hands and then you get to do three damage and draw a card if your hand's empty quick shot is a heck of a card so like I think that one's a really, really has added itself to the face hunter lineup. Like I feel like strong addition because it's just extra damage to throw at the face, and you don't need it to. Uh, two damage, you know, two mana for three damage. But if your hand's empty, it also draws another card. So like, it's extremely good, and you draw it off of uh, uh, Barrett Cotobane. So like. There's a way to, to to draw the damage, so like, it's another yes. thing too. Yeah, there's no three mana spell that's in this deck. Uh, Barakoto Bane's three cost spell is actually the Enraged Mancrick, so you will not get a three mana spell unless you've played Mancrick first. But it's guaranteed three damage if you play Koto Bane after you've played. Mancrick. So that's that's something else to keep in mind. I tend to try and play Kotobane as late as possible. Um, he's okay on turn five, but obviously I prefer to be doing Warsung Wrangler into Trampling Rhino on four and five. But uh, this is actually, I think, like turn seven or so is about the time I, I, I think is a really good spot to, to potentially uh, play Kotobane because you're getting two and possibly three, two spells and possibly a minion on the board uh, when you play him. And yeah, uh, you know, the quick shot, if that's the two mana spell you you uh, would get, uh, that can potentially draw you a card as well if you're if you're low on cards. So from from the other the other side of the table, from my perspective, what I've seen, I've been more impressed with Kodo Bane on five myself, um, just because it puts out six twelve worth of stats. Um, 
for five mana and draws you a one mana spell, a two mana spell, does three damage immediately, and draws you an extra card. Like, uh, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of good ways to clear a three five and a three seven on turn five for most decks, especially when you have a uh, you know Warsong Wrangler or maybe a Wriggling Horror and some you know Wampletingers or whatever Dinian Companion, whatever else you've played, like that just adds such a like a, a mountain of pressure. Like I I get like. It does make sense that, like, playing it on turn seven, you get to potentially do six damage. So, I just think it's, I still think it's really from, and this is just me as being the one who has had Kodo Blaine played against him. I've been more afraid of Kodo Blaine on, on curve after Man Crick. So, but that's, that's after Man Crick if, it, on turn five. If it's not, if you haven't played Man Crick by turn five, I think you can wait on Kodo Blaine, right? I typically would. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm hoping that I'm going to have a curve through the first five turns of cards that I want to play more. It also makes more sense, like, it, if your opponent didn't play a minion and you've got nothing to rush your Rhino into, then, yeah, waiting for Rhino on six when you could potentially play the uh, the Crescent as well, that Brock's... Kodo Bane's a great turn five play then at that point because it, you're you're setting up a, a situation where you could do, you know, upwards of 10, 12 damage uh, in, in a single turn if you've got the weapon to follow up. So, so yeah, it, it does. It, it obviously depends on the matchup, but uh, but typically I like to think that the way I'm using my mana and the cards that I've drawn to that point, I hopefully am going to be able to go uh, and have something that I want to play on turn five like that, but, but yeah. And then I'm looking for a Kodo Bane to be refill. Precisely. So what do you, what do you feel is the, uh, the weakness or like where, where are the bad matchups when you're playing face hunter? Like, I assume you're not happy to see priest, but you're not completely, <laughs> upset by like it's I, but the, the amount of times i get wrecked by face hunter i feel like it can't be that bad of a matchup like like i win a lot but like i still get wrecked pretty easily too so like i feel like it's probably still a decent match like unfavored but not extremely unfavored right it's a very winnable matchup still in the priest it, it's it's definite it's definitely unfavored it's probably a uh 60 40 to the to the priest yeah. side uh there's so you don't want to see a lot of healing or armor typically uh control warrior is going to be worse for you than than say like rush warrior because uh you know rush warrior isn't necessarily going to be getting a whole bunch of armor so uh it Healing and taunts are going to be the things that are going to be the most difficult to deal with because your minions aren't the greatest. What you're trying to do is just do a, uh, you know, some chip damage with this stuff, and then you're trying to finish them off with your hero power and and like uh, the spells and that sort of thing. And so it's it's it, it's going to be, you know, control warrior. It's going to be priest. It's going to be uh, paladin. A Libram Paladin was difficult because 
uh, Library of Hope is a huge taunt and a heal all in one card. So so that uh, really kind of sucks. And um, yeah, those those are going to be the like the tough ones. And like you can like some of the other matchups. I, I think Token Druid can be difficult, uh, especially if you don't get a Kolkar Pack Runner and they get their early uh, you know Glowfly Swarm or a big Gibberling turn early. You can handle like a small to mid sized swing turn like with Gibberling. It's just when they're able to put like five of them down and buff them in the same turn that it gets to be really difficult uh, uh, to to clear it. And then it's then you just you don't have a comeback at that in, in that way uh, to really be able to handle it because your best kind of AOE is going to be explosive trap, which you have to find Ringling's rifle to get. And then you have to actually be given that as an option. And so it, it's it's exceptionally difficult. And your opponent knows that's what you're trying to go for if that's what they're going for. So they just won't attack until they can buff their health above above two. So Um the only part I was confused, what is this paladin? How what what is that? I'm I'm not familiar. <laughs> it was a very good class for a very uh, long time. <laughs> okay. All right. See, see, I lost track of history and I'm just thinking of the past week. Yes. Uh so Okay. Do you Dragon Rider, do you have anything you'd like to add on the Face Hunter discussion? Um not really. I mean the deck hasn't changed much from what it's been. Uh, we kind of talked about those couple cards and I think the, the kind of key changes that happened after like rotation especially, but the deck overall has kind of just stayed the same. Uh, but if you are playing it or coming across it, basically the deck wants to deal a bunch of damage very fast. So yeah, those early turns and turns like four through six are where they want to be pushing a ton of damage or even trying to close out the game if they push early stuff. So whichever side of that you're on, just keep that in mind. And the other decks we're going to talk about also can deal a lot of damage sometimes. So you don't, wants to you don't say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, a lot of damage seems to be a theme this episode. <laughs> Exactly. So we are, of course, talking about shaman and the two the two variants of shaman, which are it's a basically a shell like the shaman the shaman elemental shell, and then you get to build your end game your win condition off of it, and um, it's either going to be doomhammer or just straight. Um, elemental package um, because well the elemental package is really really strong right now and uh, it, it is very similar um, between these two decks so um, again I've not played a lot of either of these decks I've been playing a lot of control so mage what it what is what are the two shaman decks we have to look at tonight yeah, so we've got a a 
elemental shaman that had it basically you have an elemental shaman and then the question is is uh because cage match custodian is such a great card and finds you a weapon what weapon do you want do you want to play whack-a-nole which kind of helps you uh with a more board-based sort of uh strategy because that is the three mana three two weapon that says after your hero attacks give a random friendly minion plus one plus one or we have doom hammer which is uh you know the five mana two eight weapon with wind fury uh that uh, obviously sits uh very well when it comes to uh buffs and being able to push a bunch of damage uh quite rapidly but um you know we've got we've got the this deck was solid it was okay nobody was was really playing it that much uh but the reason the deck became popular was primal dungeoneer which we got as part of the wailing caverns mini set it is the three mana two three card that says battle cry draw a spell if it's a nature spell also draw an elemental so it is a three mana draw two and put a two three minion on the board and it's it it's a good card it is a really good card it is a very good refill card and it's a very good card to kind of set up but the package of elementals that you can kind of put around uh around this there is elementals all the way one through six that you could potentially play and so it uh that starting with the other wailing caverns card that they got wailing vapor the one mana one three elemental that after you play an elemental get get plus one attack it just starts there you go cage match custodian uh arid stormer is a really really good card in this deck three mana two five elemental battle cry if you played an elemental last turn gain rush and wind fury that card can almost single-handedly win you token druid games uh because because it could take out multiple glowfly swarm targets and stuff in a single turn but you have those those cards uh you know you have some damage uh from like the gyre worm You've got the weapon that allows you to buff the minions, and you can just sort of stay on the board. It's got some reach cards with Sherpa's Shrine Portal, uh, Dunk Tank, um, and and that sort of thing. So you can push a little damage. Lightning Bolt as well is in there. So those are those are your nature spells that you're potentially pulling. And then Lily Pad Lurker that got that uh, that got buffed. It, it's the five mana five six that if you played an elemental last turn uh transform an enemy minion to an oh one frog with taunt so it's a hex in a five six body so you basically could just play elementals every single turn and whack and all is a really nice weapon to buff those elementals and you just sort of control the board and push some damage and you just end up winning the game it, it's uh, you could do it with either the elementals or you do it with the with the damage from the nature spells yeah and like that's that's what makes shaman so good right now right now with um uh the primal dungeon dungeoneer is that like all the like stunner spells in in uh shaman are nature like 
Rockbiter, Lightning, Serpent Shrine, Dunk Tank, like all the, and uh, Stormstrike too. So all the really, really, really solid spells that these decks want to play are all nature spells. So like that is a two, three body that draws a spell and a minion. Like just flat out, that's just what happens. And that turns out is really a very, very good thing. So, um, and it just, it gives you, um, the, with the way these decks are put together, like just looking at the, the two variants on, um, wicked sin or, uh, vicious syndicate the I am on fire today already. Um, the weapons or the, the decks themselves are very similar. I'd say probably like 24 cards are pretty much the same. And it just comes down to what other kind of spells do you want? Like Doomhammer, you want Rockbiter weapon, you want your diligent note takers and your storm strikes. Whereas uh the just the straight um whack package is just damage. Like you're taking the lightning bolts, you're taking the serpent shrines, you're taking the uh um uh the serpent shrine and the package other than that is pretty similar because fire fire elemental remember when it used to do four three damage nope does four so like there a six five for six it does four damage um anara storm crasher is in both these decks um which is really really solid especially if you have a whack-a-nole hammer up because that can be 10 damage <laughs> if you have both charge of your whack and all plus if it goes on minions like it's just it's very very tempo get on the board stay on the board and like if there's any like key minion that you that you want to or need to deal with you've got the hex in a five six body that's a five six that hex something and all you have to have done is played a minion last term essentially because ninety percent of your minions, other than the, you know, Instructor Fireheart, which is its own thing, and the Primal Dungeoneer, um, everything else in this deck. Oh, excuse me, and Anara. So all but like five minions are elementals. So it. Uh, yeah, some of some of the Doomhammer versions of of the elemental shaman list are focusing a little less on elementals and doing a lot more spells. So, so the vicious syndicate list, uh, the, you know, they're, they're saying that actually the best way to build this deck is, is to be more elemental focused and be a little less all in, uh, on, um, not necessarily not all in on the doom hammer because it's still, I think the key, card to winning most matchups uh when you play the doomhammer version it just allows you the you you don't fall so far behind on the board because you're doing things that aren't elementals primarily you're 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 still having that early board presence with the elementals but then still have the doomhammer as the as the big finisher um and and it's it's interesting that that you know that the lists that they've come up with are so similar. There, there really is like literally about 
six cards difference. They've taken they've taken out three cards, two copies of three cards, and put in three other cards uh, to to kind of get what they they want uh, to do. But yeah, it's 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 interesting because like the elemental list with Wackenol, I think is actually better against uh, the Doomhammer version of the list just because of the minion focus and because they could just sort of stay on the board. But it is still really close because you have that Doomhammer and that Doomhammer can just out of nowhere do 10 or as as much as 16 damage in a single turn. It is, And, and it's really hard to uh, stop that from coming in potentially. Yeah, I mean, it It can be big game-ending damage, so, like, it makes, like, I feel like this deck makes more, the this deck we're talking about, looking on Vicious Syndicate, makes more sense, because, like, yeah, that other deck does more damage and potentially has more reach from hand, but what are you beating with that? Probably Priest? Like, Priest and, uh, that's a lot of what you would be beating, I feel like. So, like, this... I feel like this is hedging your bets against a lot more decks and um, also still being able to beat Priest. Like, Doomhammer... You can beat Priest with Doomhammer. Like, being able to go back-to-back turns doing, you know, between 10 and 16 damage. So, like, it feels very, very doable regardless so i think um i i I really like the way these decks are built especially from what i've seen on the other side i feel like there's more pressure and there's more way to fight back on the board plus you still have the um the aired stormer i mean the aired stormer is just a a straight vip in this deck like it is if you get that dirt, you can get that thing down on turn two with the um, the kindling elemental. Like getting a two five with rush and wind fury on turn two um, is really solid, especially if you can buff it. Which is yeah, if if you if you are running the Wackenall version and you can buff the arid stormer. Uh, the you know like play it on two or you know coin the arid stormer on on two so that you can whack an all on turn three to buff it it is it is so good yeah there dragon rider what do you yeah, you you looked like you were gonna say something sorry no it's all good I, I was just gonna say i think one thing that is really important for i mean both versions or or whichever way you're going but especially in the early game is like you guys said, playing, you want to be playing your stuff, right? Like you want to be playing for tempo. You want to be putting on pressure every single turn. And if you can only push two or three damage every turn, great. Right. Cause you get to push that damage every turn. You're always applying pressure. Um, and I, I like that you guys are talking about the fact that VS, you know, vicious syndicate has kind of their doom hammer list is a little bit more elementals. And I think a big reason for that is because I've tried I've tried a couple different variations, especially early on of Shaman. And when you miss a turn where like you want to play something like the Lily Pad Lurker or you want to play that Arid Stormer and you didn't play an elemental the turn before, it feels bad. Like you really want to be playing those elementals. 
So I think that's why decks are starting to go back in that direction of like trying to get more elementals in there because it just, you need that to be able to play stuff every turn. So you have to keep that chain going to be able to get the deck to be more consistent and push that damage that you want to be pushing. So I, I feel like that's the biggest reason why. And I don't know if they are anymore, but I do know that some, at least some decks and some priests especially, they were also including copies of Swampoos to deal with Doom Hammers. So, you know, whether that is like a good idea or not, or something that people are still doing or not, that might be debatable. But the fact that like, if you're trying to, like Daring said, if you're trying to build a Doomhammer version to hit Priest, and then all of a sudden your game plan goes out the window because the Priest is like, well, cool, I'll just do everything I was doing and play Swamp Booze, you're kind of in trouble. So kind of relying more on the elementals and playing elementals and keeping that tempo and pressure going, uh, I think is really what makes these stand out and kind of the same theory with the I, I agree with you mage when you said that uh you think the whack and null version is a little bit better i i agree with that i think that version is a little bit better and it's also more popular uh but it's it's the same thing i was saying with the face hunter is that it just it allows you additional early game pressure so maybe you can play that if you miss an elemental or yeah you're buffing your key elementals like the arid stormer so you're just getting to continue pressure, just like the wriggling horrors and stuff in the face hunter. And I I think that's why it ends up being better, is just because that early pressure right now, there's not a lot of decks that really can respond well to it. So it seems really good to be able to do that. According to according to the data that Vicious Syndicate has pulled, the differences in matchups between the two is Doomhammer Shaman has a worse matchup against Deathrattle Demon Hunter than the Elemental Whackanole version, uh, has a worse matchup against Face Hunter, and uh, has a... Um, there was one other matchup here that it was... Uh, Paladin. If people were playing Paladin, Live Room Paladin is, is a worse matchup for the Doomhammer Shaman just because... Again, the, it, if you think about it, it makes sense. The, you're kind of relying on that weapon and being able to hit face. And the Death Rattle Demon Hunter has a lot of extra taunts in it that, that mean that you're probably, despite all those extra charges of the weapon, you're probably not hitting face. Face Hunter is really difficult because they're pushing so much damage and the, and the minions that they play are going to be able to do the damage to you faster and they've got the spells to to go on top of that those minions that that they have uh so it's it's um it's interesting and that's why why i think the elemental shaman even though it's not as flashy with like wackanole it, it does feel like a, a better deck and 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 that's why i think or that's why the elemental uh shaman has the advantage against the doomhammer shaman it just has that kind of staying power and can do as much from a threat standpoint um, in the early games so that even like I, I had games where I was basically, okay, that per, the opponent did on turn like six 
or seven had the doom hammer and was able to push 10 damage. But the problem was I had lethal on board and they were not going to kill me and I was going to kill them the following turn. So it's like, it doesn't, it didn't really matter because I was able to develop minions those first few turns. Opponent missed those minions. They found their weapon, but it didn't really matter at that point. Yeah, I feel like that, that's kind of a theme tonight. The decks that we were talking about, the better of the two decks, you know, like Face Hunter and Elemental Shaman, not exactly flashy, but they do something very, very well. And it, it feels like generally a lot of the time the flashy decks are the ones that are harder to play and harder to make go off. And these are just like solid, like cur- hit your curve, you know, control the board, push the damage, and kill them. Like, it's not flashy, but damn, does it work well. So, it it, it is it is efficient at what it does. So, like, you know, the old adage, don't, bro- don't fix it if it ain't broke. You know what I mean? So, like, that package is solid to the core. So, like, those, the tools they got to, to, to keep drawing just make it, just make it like it can go forever too so like it it's just it's just a really solid package all around any closing thoughts on shaman before we uh wrap up for the week you know what i just noticed i was looking at these two decks and one of the things that that hunter has always had going for it is the fact that a lot of times their decks are inexpensive from a dust standpoint it doesn't take uh, a lot of dust in order to build the decks the elemental decks are actually cost less dust to put together by like 2000 dust. It it is actually kind of crazy because a lot of the a lot of the the elementals are actually common. Uh a lot of the early game ones in particular, you you know primal dungeoneer and and uh the the hammer are rares, so there's there's two potential legendaries that you're going to probably want. Uh, Instructor Fireheart and RS Stormcrash. They're in both versions. Uh, Lilypad Lurker is the only epic. But if you look at, like, the Doomhammer is an epic. Lilypad Worker, but they have a couple less uh, rares. So it's just, it's interesting that, like, if you were trying to look for an inexpensive deck to build, I would have instinctually said Hunter because they always typically have the Lee the less expensive deck to build, but right now it's actually the elemental shaman. That's a little bit easier on the dust wallet in order to actually create them, which is, which is really saying something. Yeah, that's crazy. But like, if you're interested in face playing face under these, those cards are going to probably stick around for at least the rest of the year. So plus you got man crick for free. So like if, if, if you were playing, so like man crick was free. So at least there's that. So. That that e- that evens that evens it out a little bit. Yeah, but it's still a little bit more expensive. Yeah, I mean you you have a few more epics, right? And that's the the thing. Like yeah, like a lot of the epics or there, you know, like the uh, the fire elementals a core card, so you already had it for free. Like some of the stuff, you know, came for free. So. All right, guys. Well, let's move on to this week's poll question. Mage, what do we have for a question this week? 
All right, so we had the tease. We know it's coming. It's coming on Thursday. I'm excited about this. I'm sure you are as well. Yeah. We had we had we so we had a horde focused expansion with Forge of the Barons. And definitely a lot of people were really excited about that. But we wanted to know how excited are you about an alliance focused expansion? which we're definitely going to be talking about on next week's show. Are you very excited, excited, uh, kind of indifferent, or are you not excited to explore the Alliance side of this, uh, of this rivalry? Let us know, vote, tell us what you think. I will see every for the horde or for the Alliance reply. And we will talk about the results on next week's show. I think it's very well documented where I stand on this issue. So um, speaking of the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Dr3HS. You can join our Discord by following our top pin tweet. And you can email the show at Dr3HS. And you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Daring Alkaline, all one word. Dragon Rider, where can we find you when your back is feeling better? Which we hope is feeling better very, very soon. Very soon. Yes, me too. Thank you, thank you. But yeah, when, when my body isn't trying to sabotage me, uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at DonnieDK, that's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K, and streaming. Uh, I've kind of recently changed my content schedule, so streaming on twitch um early in the mornings and you can find me there at uh, on twitch.tv slash dragon rider dk and you can also find me on youtube at dragon rider dk and mage what about you take us home yes so you can find me on twitter at mage of death and monday wednesday friday you can find me on twitch at twitch.tv slash mage Alright guys, thank you for tuning in to another week of Doctor 3. Um, I guess, yeah. And as always... Until, ne- until, until next, week, next week, what do we have to do announcement at the time? I know, I know exactly. I am so excited. It's it's like... I'm like, why are we recording on a Tuesday? <laughs> exactly. It's like, can we take a break this week? Can we take a break this week so we can come back and just just immediately record on Friday and talk about the expansion type. Uh, alas, we cannot. But you've been listening to this week's Doctor 3. I'm trying to think of what a knight would say right before a boom. There's probably a joke in there somewhere. There could be. I don't I I can't yeah, I don't know. But until then. Boom. Boom.